This morning we're in week number four of a five-part series called Because of You. And really, we, the, the title of this comes from a writing of Paul in Thessalonians as he was talking to the people there where he had started a church. And he said, because of you, we have great joy and we are excited about life and about what's happening because of what God is doing in your lives. And I will say that your staff has the same feeling about you, Stuttgart Harvest Church, because of you. Because of what God is doing in and around your lives, we are excited about life and about what is happening because of you. And I know there are all things, we all have things that we want to be present in our life. There are things that we want more of. If we were to make a list, we would say things like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want more love in my life. I, I want to experience that. I, I want more uh, kindness and gentleness, and I, I need peace. Maybe, maybe there's no peace around you, and you're like, I, I need peace in my life. Maybe we say, I, I need generosity. And, and of course, if we say that, we're probably not saying, I want to be more generous. We're saying, I want people to be more generous with me, right? There are things that we want more of in life. And so I just want to pause for a moment and ask you to take your worship guide, not your connection card at this moment, because you're going to turn the connection card in at the end of the worship experience. But take your worship guide, and as best you can, take your pen. I know you may have to hold it up close so you can see it, but somewhere on your worship guide, I want you to write a couple of things that you want more of in your life, because we all have things that we want more of in our life. So would you write, to just pick, and the reason you're not going to turn that in, you're not going to call that out or share it with your neighbor. It's just for you, but I want it written down. Will you write down one or two things that you want more of in your life. What would that be? I'm going to give you just a moment to do that. Very good. Thank you. I remember as we were beginning uh, to talk about starting Stuttgart Harvest Church, we, we were sitting around some tables and, um, you know, once we finally decided over the course of months, we said, Yes, this is something we're going to do. Then we started saying, okay, well, we need to pick a name. We've got to have a name for this church because names are important. They say things. And so we were thinking about names. We were talking about them. And, and here's the kind of things we were saying. We were saying, what would someone, because we weren't thinking about people who are already involved in church. That, that Those aren't the people we were trying to reach because that doesn't do God any good because that's just people hopping, switching fish tanks. We were looking for people who were not involved in church. And so he said, what would that person, the person who's not attending church, what would they think about this name? What would it make them feel? Would it, would it kind of make them curious? Would it draw them in or would, would it repel them? So we were thinking specifically, what would they think about this name and how would they feel about it? What, what, you know, would their past church experience say and communicate to them about this name, you know? And so it was important to us what name we were going to choose for this church. We were thinking about it. We talked about many different names, and, and this question went on for more than one meeting. Finally, um, we, came, we narrowed it down, and with the help of uh, Miss Catherine Sherman, we she came up with the name, and 
and we just kind of all grasped onto it and we loved it. And it was Stuttgart Harvest Church. And a harvest it was to be. Because what started with just a handful of people grew into hundreds of people. And so there truly was a harvest. And the name selection was important to us. We seem... We see lives come into Stuttgart Harvest, and sometimes we see lives walk away. But one thing that we see, is, and we all share at Stuttgart Harvest Church, is sometimes we have the feeling, and we can have the feeling, that life seems to be unfair. I guess that's universal, that we all feel that at times. Because we see, sometimes we see bad things happen to really good people, don't we? And sometimes we see bad things even happen to good people. We live in a world that can be cruel and it can be painful and it can be very hurtful. We're even familiar with phrases from the Old Testament. Even if you haven't read it, you've heard this phrase probably that says, an eye for an eye. Because in this hope for fairness, sometimes that resonates with us because we think if someone does something bad, then we understand that even the Old Testament says, then that's going to come back around to them. An eye for an eye. You've hurt me, and so somehow, some way, it's okay to have equal treatment. We live in a world that wants fairness. We live in a world that wants justice and wants equality. And even in our churches, we want justice and fairness and equality. Today, we're going to be talking about a spiritual law. Not like one of the laws that you find in the Old Testament that's, that was a list of things to do or things not to do. Not that kind of law. This is kind of like more like a physical law. So a physical law, an example would be gravity. Um, gravity exists. God created it. It's there. And because there's gravity, we're not floating around the room today. We are securely attached to this earth. Gravity exists whether we say that it does or not, whether we believe that it's there or not, it's there. It's created by God. It's there. It's a physical law. And we have some spiritual laws like that. Some things that exist whether we agree with them or not or whether we acknowledge that they're there or not or whether we submit to them or not, they exist and they function and they operate regardless of our personal view of the law. This morning we're going to be talking about one of those laws, a law that God has created, that he has placed into existence, and it has everything to do with who we are as a church. Not just because part of the law is part of the name of our church, but more because this is exactly who God has called us to be as a church, as people. And so we're going to look at this spiritual law that God has in place and see what it has to do with us. Paul is explaining part of this law in Galatians chapter 6, this letter he wrote to these, this group of believers, Galatians 6 verse 7. Paul says this, don't be misled. In other words, don't, don't, let, don't fool yourself into thinking that this is not accurate. Don't let someone else convince you that it's not. He said, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. 
He says, you will always, not sometimes, not frequently, not most of the time. He said, you will always harvest what you plant. Always. And so this morning, we're talking about the law, the principle of the harvest. And Paul says here, you will always harvest what you plant. You will always reap what you sow. In fact, that's the first part of our bottom line today. You reap what you sow. And it's always. You reap what you sow. Whatever seed you're planting, you're going to harvest from that seed. So it works in life. If you're a farmer, whatever you plant, that's exactly what's going to grow. My buddy Hunter, he's here today. He's uh, trying to grow some ghost peppers. And so he's got some seeds that he's germinating. And if you go look at those seeds, they're in the greenhouse right now. If you go look at them, they're in a Petri dish. He's germinating those seeds. If you look at those seeds, you don't see a lot of change. You don't see a lot going on. The law of the harvest says when you plant, you will harvest exactly what you plant. And even if you plant it and you don't see things happening, you don't see it going on, you don't see what's going on, and it, sometimes we think, God, I, I've done some good things in life, but I, I don't see the results of that around me. My life is caving in. You say, I've, I've done good things, I've tried good things. Where is the harvest for that? And it happens later, right? It doesn't happen to me. Even if you don't see what's going on, those seeds you've planted, they're going to grow. In fact, the seeds that, that Hunter's growing, they take like 36, over 30 days to germinate. Just to germinate. And you can't see what's going on, but something is happening. But you know, this also applies not just to the good things we do. This applies to the bad things we do. This applies to every action and attitude and behavior and really every word. The seeds we plant, Paul is saying, they will grow. And we may think, oh, I got away with that one because I don't see anything happen. I got, oh, I got away with that one. But listen, Paul reminds us, we will always harvest what we plant and we may not see what's happening and going on right now but he says we will this is the law of the harvest we will harvest so this operates for good it also operates for bad what we plant will grow so question what seeds i have a, a bucket full of seeds here what seeds in your life have you been planting or maybe here's a better question for you. What is it that you want to grow in your life? Maybe you need more peace. Maybe it's just chaos all around you. Everywhere you turn, chaos. And you're saying, I, God, I need peace. Maybe you're saying, I need love. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. Maybe you're saying, I need joy. 
Maybe you have never felt jolly in your whole life and you say, I, I, I want joy in my life. Or maybe you're saying, I need kindness. I need people to be kind to me. I need goodness. I need someone to be good to me. I need gentleness. I, I need patience. And yes, it even works with self-control. If these are the things that you want in life, well, let's be very specific. Don't answer this out loud, but what did you write down on your worship guide? What is the one thing, the one or two things that you wrote down and you said, I need more of this in my life? And now the question, is that what you have been planting? Are those the seeds that you have been planting in and around your life? The seeds of whatever you just wrote down on that paper. Because the law of the harvest tells us we will harvest exactly what we plant. Exactly. Always. Listen to how Jesus gets in on this conversation. Jesus himself, God himself, his words that are related to this conversation. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus says this. Give. And you will receive. In other words, it's the law of the harvest. You will reap what you sow. You will harvest what you plant. He says, give and you will receive. And then he goes on to explain more. Your gift will return to you in full. The law of the harvest. You reap exactly what you sow. But now he takes it a step further. And Jesus says this. It will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give, he said, will determine the amount you get back. And in fact, what he is saying now, he's saying the law of the harvest exists. You will reap what you sow. And he adds one more step, one more piece of information about the law of the harvest. So the first part of the bottom line says you will reap what you sow. Always. And the second part, he says, you will reap more than you sow. You will reap what you sow, exactly what you sow, and you will reap more than you sow. Now, let me give you some history of this verse that Jesus is giving to us here. Jesus was well aware of the society and the culture that he lived in and he was teaching in. And here, as he was teaching these people, they were largely a farming community. They understood agriculture. And so a lot of them worked for farmers. And so when they worked for farmers, when it came harvest time, they would all carry their baskets that were part of the harvest. And as they carried them around so that they could work faster and, and, and effectively, they would often have their basket about three quarters or halfway full so they could tote it quickly and get it to where it needed to go about three quarters halfway full, and they could manage it better. But then, when it came time for payday, very often the owner of the farm would pay his workers in grain. And so they would take their basket, and so now what do you think? Is it going to be three quarters full or half full? Because they're filling it themselves. No. It was going to be full. And then it was going to be pressed down 
which is exactly what they did. That's where this phrase is coming from. Then they would press it down, and then they would shake it to make room and get all the empty space in to pack it in. And then they would fill it more to the point that it was overflowing. And then as they carried it, what they would do is they would take their garment and they would bring it up and they would tuck it into their belt so it formed a large pocket. And as they carried it, anything that spilled over would go right into that large pocket that they made. And this was called their lap. That's, that was the description. That was their lap. It was that pocket. And as they carried the grain that was overflowing the top, then anything that spilled, they didn't waste it. It went right into the pocket. And Jesus said, that's the way it will be for you, the law of the harvest. You will reap what you sow. And you will reap more than you sow. He says that's the way it works. You will reap what you sow. You will reap more than you sow. And Jesus promises that this is true. Whether our, whether our actions and behaviors and attitudes and our words are good, it works. Or if our attitudes, actions, behaviors, and words are bad and hurtful and wrong, it works just as well. Whether we think it does or not, it still works. Whether we agree with it or not, it still works. Whether we submit ourselves to that law and acknowledge it, it doesn't matter. It still works. What we reap, well, I mean what we sow, we will reap and we will reap. We will harvest more than we have sown. You know the strange thing about giving because a lot of what the Bible has to say about reaping and, and, har- and, and sowing and reaping and, and many of the context is a financial thing. And, and, and we understand this as a church even, that as we, as we participate in giving and tithing, that, that, that God says everything on the earth belongs to me. I've given it to you to manage for me. But he says the tithe, he says that though, that belongs to me. You give that straight back to me. That's the way... God puts it. And it's amazing how when we do participate and we do give, God takes what seems to be a little. And I know even when we tithe on a, a temporary, if that's what you choose, if you do a 10% tithe, when we do that, it, does, it, it may be little in size, but a lot of times it hurts. It's sacrificial when we do that. And God takes our sacrificial gifts and somehow in his way, as we talked about last week, only he can do, he multiplies it and he grows it. And so what we sow, he grows. He multiplies. And here it applies not just to finances, it applies to everything in life. The law of the harvest applies to our actions our behaviors, our attitudes, even our words. And it seems like we fight so hard to hang on to those things in life. Not just money, although that applies to money as well, but we even fight not just to hang on to money, we fight to hang on to compassion. And we look around us and we say, why won't you be more compassionate with me? And so we have compassion and often we spend spend that compassion on ourselves and we say, woe is me, woe is me. Why don't you feel as sorry for me as I feel for me? And we spend that compassion on ourselves. 
a lot of times we spend that grace on ourselves. If someone has done us wrong, we don't, we don't have anything for them, do we? But if we have hurt someone else, then, it's, then, then our reaction is, why, why don't they give me grace and mercy? We seem to hang on to it and spend that on ourselves. We have grace and mercy, and so we spend it on ourselves. And we excuse our behavior, and we excuse our actions, and we excuse our words. We say, they made me do it. Had they not behaved that way, I would not have done what I did. If they had not said that, then I would not have responded and said this. And we have grace and mercy and compassion for ourselves. And here's a big thing that Jesus is teaching. He's saying, if you spend these things on yourself, that's all you'll have. There will be no compassion coming your way if you consume it yourself. There will be no grace coming your way if you consume it for yourself. There will be no love coming your way if you consume it for yourself. There will be no peace. There will be no, if you consume it for yourself, that is all you will have. But instead, Jesus says, give it away. Grace. Don't spend it on yourselves. Give it away in the lives of the people around you. Mercy. Give it away in the lives of the people around you. Love and compassion and kindness and gentleness. Give it away in the lives of the people around you. Forgiveness. Give it away in the lives of the people around you. Instead of holding on to it and spending it on ourselves. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to have some blessings in this life that you're living right now because of the law of the harvest. But do you know, if you're a Christ follower, you are also going to have blessings in the life to come. That eternity that we spend with God our Father, with Jesus in heaven, that eternity that we spend with God, there will be blessings directly related to the lives that we are living now. And that's the law of the harvest. Instead of trying to hang on to things now, he says, I want you to freely give that away. Give away forgiveness and give away grace and mercy and kindness and gentleness and love. Give it away. There's a man named Jim Elliott. He was a, a missionary. Uh, somewhere in the 50s or the 60s. And he was a missionary in Ecuador in a place where they would have to fly in by plane because there was really no other way in. It was too dense, too far. And they would find a flat spot on the river, a, a sandbar that they could fly the plane into, and they would go to remote areas where no other people had ever gone. And these villagers had never seen people from, the out, from other parts of the world, ever. And they were going trying to share the gospel, trying to get into the culture so they could then share the gospel eventually with these people. That too is missions. And so here's what happened. This one particular village, they made it in and they were beginning to develop communication 
but then something went wrong, and eventually on one trip in early in this process, they killed these missionaries, the villagers. And so here's something that this man wrote down not long before that trip in, that final trip in on this mission. Here's, here's what he said. Jim Elliott said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And Jesus says, give it away. Give it away. Grace and mercy and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and love. Give it away. And the Bible goes on to explain that how you give it away matters. How you give it away is important. Is it an obligation where you say, oh no, here's another thing God has asked me to do. I've got to add it to my list and I am now obligated to do this. Or do we give it because God himself gave to us when we didn't deserve it and we couldn't earn it and we had no hope. But yet he gave. And he gave it all. And he gave it freely. Listen to how Paul describes this when he's writing another letter to this church in Corinth. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, a couple of verses, starting with verse 6. And this specifically was talking about finances. But remember, the law of the harvest applies to all areas of our life. Every decision, every action, every behavior, every word. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a a small crop. So the law of the harvest is, is precise. What you plant, you will harvest always. But he says it matters how much you plant. You plant a little bit, it's going to be a small harvest. It will still be more than you planted, but it's still going to be. You plant a little, it's going to be a little small harvest. He says, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then he talks about the importance of how you do it. He says, you must first each decide in your own heart how much to give. And then don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. In other words, oh, Harley talked about this. Now I got to do this. He says, don't do it. Uh, by pressure, just because someone said to do it. He said, that's not, that's not what this is about. He said, not reluctantly, not in response. He said, then he says, here's what God loves. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. He said, the condition of your heart as you give, it matters. So give. He said, give grace away freely to everybody around you, the lives around you. Don't spend it on yourself. Don't excuse your behavior away with grace and forgiveness for yourself. He said, instead, take that and place it on the lives around you. Plant that into the lives around you. Grace and love and forgiveness and kindness and gentleness. All of those things that you want in your life, plant into the lives around you. 
because God planted that into your life. God freely gave to you. He freely gave to me. And God did not just give us something. God gave us His very best. When He sent Himself, Jesus, here to this earth. We're going to sing a song in a moment that says, Son of God, because He is God Himself. And then the line is, Son of Man. Because he came here specifically, born of man, to walk this earth where we walk, his creation. He wanted to walk where we walk and to live in the lives that we live. But he did it sinlessly so that he could go to the cross for us. He gave himself perfectly, completely for us. And therefore, we can give to others. We can give it all, grace and love and mercy and kindness. What was on your list at the very beginning this morning? What was there? And the question now is what seeds do you need to be planting in order to get that kind of harvest that you wrote down? This morning we don't have a box for you to check for your next step. We're asking you to do this as your next step this week. Will you do this? Beginning right now, today, and continuing through this week, will you simply ask God, His Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, will you say, God, will your Spirit tell me, lead me, guide me to understand what this law, this law of the harvest has to do with me Today, what do you want me to plant? Will you ask God's Spirit today and this week, what do you want me to plant? God, what is it? What do you want me to plant? And perhaps for you, maybe you need to add to that by reading this passage in Galatians. And if you do, write that down on your worship guide. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, 8, and 9. I didn't read the whole thing. Listen to it. Here's what it says. Maybe you need to read that this week many times and have a conversation with God about it. And the verses say this in verse 7. Don't be misled. We read that. You cannot mock God, uh, the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. And then verse 8 says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. And it says that comes from our sinful nature. Why the law of the harvest? Whatever we plant, that's what we're going to harvest. Then he says this, but those who live to please the Spirit, God's Spirit, those who live to please God will harvest everlasting life from God's Spirit. And then listen to how he ends it. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, if we, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Some of you this morning needed to show up just for that one verse. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time. That's not the timing you think it should be. At just the right time, God's timing at just the right time, you will 
reap a harvest always of blessing if we don't give up. This week, starting today, will you simply ask God, His Spirit, to tell you, what do I need to plant today? Because my friends, listen, you can't do anything about the seeds you already planted. You can't go dig them up. You, you can't do anything about those seeds you planted last year or last week or last night. They're already planted. But don't give up because you have today. And today, this very moment, my friends, you can begin to plant something new. What is it that you need to plant? Because you will harvest what you plant. And you will harvest more than you plant. Will you ask God's Spirit to guide you? Let's pray. God, some this morning may be on the verge of wanting to give up because life is hard. Life is confusing and difficult and painful. Life is hard. But God, will you please this morning encourage us to understand that you came to this earth and you were lifted up on a cross and you died for each one of us. You, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus, you died for us. If we will simply submit our lives to you and ask you today, God, what do you want me to plant today? And then if we will simply say yes and begin planting that into the lives of the people around us. God, even if we're struggling, may we have the courage May we have the courage to simply begin to plant new things in the lives around us. And God, I know that will take faith. And your word tells us that we receive faith from you. As we hear your word, you turn it into faith. And God, we're asking that you would begin that process in my friends' lives right now in this room. Would you begin turning your words of life, your scripture, would you begin turning that into faith this week in our lives as we trust you with what we plant? Thank you for dying for us, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you were lifted high on a cross, that you rose again three days later so that we could submit ourselves to you. And be with you forever. Now and one day in a real place called heaven. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, we pray. Amen.